Hey everybody, it's Drags again. Wednesday, November 13th, time for episode 324 on Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. This week I welcome back Doug Kide. I believe this is your 2019 in-season debut. You're doing an awesome job as always, Doug, covering the Patriots and the NFL for Nesson.com. Find and follow him, by the way, on Twitter at Doug Kide. All one word, D-O-U-G-K-Y-E-D. How was your bye week? Too quick? A little bit too quick, yeah. It, uh, you know, four days just isn't quite enough, and I can only imagine that's how the, the players feel as well. But they did seem like they were kind of itching to get back into it uh, today at Gillette Stadium. So so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm speaking for them when I shouldn't be. You know, you always do that. Why, why do you do that, Doug? Why do you, like, <laughs> rush to judgment on, like, assuming that Rob Gronkowski's coming back to the NFL? Why are you doing that and coming back to the Pats? Won't someone please think of Rob Gronkowski? That's, that's my favorite on the, uh, the old Twitter, Twitter sphere whenever anyone talks about the potential of Rob Gronkowski coming back. Won't someone please think of Gronk? You know, he, he's a guy who really obviously seems like he, he desperately wants to be left alone right now in his life. Uh, I don't think he's coming back. I just think that he is, and I know he was on the Greg Hill show and he'd have to be feeling it. He'd have to, you know, really want to come back to the game and feel like it wants him and all of that. I don't think that given where he is and, and the fact that he, and I've said this to other guests that I've had on Patriots Beat, the fact that he's won three Super Bowl rings and has played in four Super Bowls, I don't know. I, I just don't think... Th- the desire would be there to take the abuse, even for, let's say, a four to five or six game run. I just don't think, by the way, he could also come in um, and play like two games and be ready for the playoffs. But maybe I'm wrong. I I also don't think he comes back. I think it's definitely less likely that he returns than than he stays retired. But I do think it's at least possible that he could come back. I think that you know, all it would take is is one very convincing conversation with Tom Brady. Yeah, but I thought he, I thought Brady said he wasn't going to do that. Is that uh, am I misremembering that? No, I, I mean I think that it, that is what he said. But you know, people say things. I I, I'm really, I know I, I don't you're think right. He comes they back. do. I, it, the the simple fact is though that I mean the Patriots could certainly use him, right? I mean they've got Ben yeah. Watson as their star and tight end. Uh, Matt Lacoste can't seem to find the field. Ryan Izzo didn't even play last week, despite the fact that he was active, and he's really struggled in both roles as a receiver and a blocker. So, I mean, clearly they could use him, but I also think that, you know, obviously they're they're also Super Bowl uh, favorites right now without him, so it's not exactly like it's it's dire. But, yeah, I mean, the Patriots could certainly use Rob Gronkowski right about now. Obviously, the great thing about the bye week for a lot of us is we get to actually sit back on Sunday when we're not raking leaves. Um, I'm just complaining and bitching and moaning. But when we're not raking leaves, we can actually watch um, a red zone and uh, just chill and watch football all day. And I did that for a good portion of Sunday. What a wild, weird Sunday. Not good days for Brian Hoyer and the Colts. They lose to the Dolphins at home 16 to 12. The Steelers beat the Rams. Titans come from 10 nothing down, beat the Chiefs who are suddenly 6 and 4, uh, with John Gruden and the 5 and 4 Raiders hot on their trail. And the Browns did the Pats a big favor, beating the Bills in Cleveland 19 to 16. But speaking of the Raiders, you know what would be hilarious is if John Gruden 
uh, and his Raiders made the playoffs and came to Gillette. That would be fascinating. The, the Antonio Brown Bowl, that, that would be. Um, but yeah, it was a very strange day of football where, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was certainly also an ugly day of football. The, the Colts thing, I mean, they obviously desperately need Jacoby Meyer and Jacoby Brissett back on the field at this point. Um, but it did sort of make me remember when the Patriots cut Brian Hoyer and everyone was, was bitching and moaning that why couldn't the Patriots get a draft pick for Brian Hoyer? They just cut him when they could have traded him. I mean, I think today's performance kind of showed why the Patriots, it wasn't that crazy that the Patriots didn't get a draft pick for Brian Hoyer. You don't really want him to be your starting quarterback in there. No, and he had two games that were clearly winnable. Obviously, the Steeler game where he had his moments and the Dolphins game where he really didn't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that Steelers game was a wild one as well a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, the the Chiefs thing is is pretty wild right now too. That the Titans could beat them, and I think that everyone expected the Chiefs to be hot on the Patriots' trail this season. And I mean, they're sitting there at six and four, and the Patriots really don't have to worry about them right now. Um, even if they lose that game that they play in 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 Foxborough later this season a lot would have to go wrong for the Patriots to have to worry about the Chiefs in the playoffs to, about traveling to Kansas City at this point the two teams that you know certainly are front and center in terms of uh the concern for Patriot fans have to be the Ravens who they obviously already lost to and I'd say the Texans I think if the Texans get their crap together and Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson has the ability to do what uh, a lot of the things, let's say, he's a different type of quarterback. He has the ability to do a lot of the same things Lamar Jackson did. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's a, certainly a losable game in Houston later this season. Uh, the ones that a few weeks ago I was talking about, you know, games the Patriots could potentially lose, and I actually circled the Eagles and the Texans. The Eagles, I, now I'm kind of thinking that the Patriots will probably win that game, um, but the the Ravens game, I didn't anticipate the Patriots losing, if only because Lamar Jackson is a second-year quarterback and the Patriots have had so much success against first- and second-year quarterbacks. He's not an ordinary second-year quarterback. Exactly, guy, yeah. yeah. It's it's not the same type of quarterback, and you don't treat him the same way, and you can't really treat him the same way. Um, but the, that Houston game, I think, certainly is another one that's losable uh, there in early December just because of Deshaun Watson, because the Texans know the Patriots so well, and the fact that it's on the road. Chatting with Doug Kide of Nesson.com. The football season in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners at clnsmedia.com. That would be betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional football. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or even tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets. Does Jets head coach Adam Gase survive until the end of the season with his dumpster fire of a squad? Probably <laughs> saved his job with that win over the Giants. A very entertaining game, I might add, on Sunday uh, at MetLife Stadium. So uh, you can certainly get your bets in on a, a wager like that. And what will happen first, the Niners losing a game or the 0-9 Bengals winning a game? Uh, I would say the... Um, I'd say the Niners losing a game before the Bengals win a game. That 
I'm on record as saying that, and everybody knows my past. So anyway, get <laughs> get uh, the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head on over to the website today, or you can always use your mobile device to join and use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook Experts, we talk about Tom Brady and talking, chatting up uh, Doug Kide here of Nesson.com. How much do you think Super Bowl 52, throwing for 505 yards but losing the game, still gets at Tom Brady? I know what he said uh, to Greg Hill of WEEI uh, on uh, Monday morning. He said that it, it still burns him very much, and it's got to motivate him, right, this week in Philly? Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, you know, they've won a Super Bowl since that point. But um, I think a lot of people say that, you know, the losses hurt more than the wins uh, are, are celebrated, especially around New England, since losses are so rare. So certainly a Super Bowl loss. I think that it's probably stuck in his craw. Uh, I was on uh, TV with Matt Chatham tonight, and he said that, you know, it's it's just the look of that helmet that just kind of brings back those bad memories, and I'm sure they'll all come flooding back to Tom Brady, certainly as he watches film this week and when they actually play the Eagles on Sunday. And I think it, it's it's interesting because a lot of the times we talk about these, these Super Bowl rematches, but these two teams are, are still pretty similar to the ones that were fielded yeah, they are. two seasons ago in Super Bowl 52. Patriots have got a lot of guys back like Edelman and Hightower and John Jones and Marcus Cannon who are on IR. But I mean, the Eagles are mostly bringing back the same core that they had in that game, save for the starting quarterback. Uh, the, their starting quarterback obviously is back now in, in, uh, in Carson Wentz and Nick Foles is in Jacksonville. But the rest of their team is really largely the same. It's interesting. Well. What's really interesting, uh, Doug, is the, the, uh, Patriots defense is so much better. And if that, you know, if today's Patriots defense showed up in that game, they're not giving up, you know, whatever it was, 41 points, uh, to the Eagles. And, you know, the, the Nick Foles magic, maybe, maybe he, Nick, maybe Nick Foles pulls the same type of rabbit out of his hat, uh, against this current Patriots defense, but I doubt it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, just some of those guys that I mentioned, like Hightower was on, was on injured reserve that season. Uh, Jonathan Jones was on injured reserve at the end of that season. Obviously, we all know that, that Malcolm Butler didn't play in that game, but they've got Jamie Collins in there now. And I, I mean, that, that front seven was pretty decimated. Uh, in that game by the end of the season for the Patriots, you had James Harrison playing almost every snap. You had Eric Lee heavily involved. You had Ricky Jean-Francois heavily involved. So that is definitely the the unit that's been improved the most since that game. At the same time, the Patriots did have Rob Gronkowski at the time, so that obviously uh, would help. But, I mean, getting Julian Edelman back off of injured, injured reserve obviously helps the Patriots' offense as well in this game. But uh, defense, definitely the biggest improvement for the Patriots. I would say that the offensive line for the Patriots is is the biggest area where they've actually lost. You read my mind. Since Super Bowl 52, since they had Nate Solder in there, they had David Andrews in there. They did have Cameron Fleming replacing Marcus Cannon, so there is a little bit of give and take there. But Patriots' offensive line was much better two years ago than it has been this season. And uh, which leads me to my next point. Are you worried at all that come December and the playoffs, the Patriots' inability to run the ball is going to be their Achilles heel? Because I am. I, I think they're 
they've always been able to really dictate the tempo and play some ball control when they need to um, and and run the ball near the goal line, which Belichick and Josh McDaniels have always said has been a key to red zone success. You've got to run the ball in the red zone and goal-to-go situations. They just haven't done that at all well this year. Yeah, I think that it could be. Um, I do think that you know, that everyone's disappointed by the Patriots' loss to the Ravens, obviously, but I actually thought that James White ran the ball well in that game. Uh, there was one or two drives where he was kind of used as the Patriots' bell cow. Uh, he had a goal-line touchdown. He did. He another goal-line run that probably should have been a touchdown uh, when he tripped over Marcus Cannon. So I'm curious to see if over this bye week the Patriots – readjust how they run the ball because they, you know, they were using James Devlin so frequently in past seasons and, and Sonny Michelle was so good with James Devlin in front of them and they were really running, you know, that, that power rushing scheme with James Devlin and their offensive line. I'm curious to see if they can get, if they can start generating some yards on the ground using a little bit more, going a little bit more a heavily spread. towards a zone. Yeah, yeah. A spread or, or a zone rushing scheme. Um, I don't know if it's the best way to use Sonny Michelle, but if they can get James White and Rex Burkett involved running the ball, it, I think that would be big. And one other point on James White is that he was used much more heavily early last season, and the Patriots really scaled back his workload over the final eight games of the season. We've seen his workload scaled back over the first eight games of the season, and I'm curious to see if the Patriots start to ramp it up a little bit more here over the last eight games of the season, and basically in an attempt to keep him fresh in different ways as compared to last season, where he was really running the ball a lot early, and now we might see him running the ball a little bit more over the second half of the season. But I think that you know if you have to rely on James White to be your, your key running back, your running game is probably not in a great shape. So their options, though, are either to sign a fullback or, as you said, uh, and the point that I made, go to a little bit more of a spread and zone rushing scheme. You know, though, the the guy that's done the most damage in the goal-to-go situations, Baltimore game aside, has been Brandon Bolden. Yeah, I mean, he has been. I, I think that, you know, they could certainly start to use him a little bit more, too. I thought it was actually really interesting. I think it was... It must have been the Browns game. The Patriots actually lined up Brandon Bolden as a fullback. And I'd be interested in, in seeing that perhaps used a little bit more moving forward. I don't because, remember that. Yeah, it was, I think it was only for one snap. It was either the Browns or the week before that. Um, and it kind of brought back memories of, of Roger Craig playing fullback and, and John L. Williams playing fullback. Oh, those the are the days. When a, when a fullback actually carried the ball and caught the ball rather than, you know, was mostly used as a blocker. But I think that that would actually be a pretty interesting formation to use a little bit more, actually using a running back as a fullback. Nikhil Harry. Why wasn't he active against the Ravens? That just seemed like a bizarre move to me, you know, to bring him on the trip to Baltimore and then all of a sudden inactivate him. It was strange. I think that, you know, the timing of activating him, they might as well have done it Saturday. Their other option was to do it last Tuesday. But, I mean, there's really no difference in activating him Saturday versus Tuesday. But I think ultimately what it came down to is the fact the Patriots stayed in the same personnel package essentially for the entire game. Uh, Philip Dorsett only missed one snap. That was Jacoby Myers' lone snap in that game. Uh, Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, and Ben Watson played every single snap. The Patriots stayed in 11 personnel for that entire game. I'm not sure why the Patriots did that. Maybe they're, you know, saving something extra. I know do. that was the theory. Are you buying that? I'm not really, but 
Otherwise, I don't know why you stay in 11 personnel for an entire game. I mean, that included goal line situations. That included everything. So I, I just thought it was really curious. But, I mean, to that point, if their, if their goal was to stay in 11 personnel and not take any of their receivers off the field for their entire game, then there's really no point in dressing Nikhil Harry. If, if Jacoby Myers is going to be that, that fourth receiver, and if he's going to play one snap, and that comes when Philip Dorsett is injured, then I guess there's really no point in activating Nikhil Harry. The other theory that I have is that, you know, by saving Nikhil Harry in week nine, this now gives him an extra two weeks to get ready to make his NFL debut and to make it in a game against a team whose secondary has really struggled so far this season. I'm not, not sure if they'll have those same struggles in pass defense over the second half of the season now that all of their cornerbacks and safeties are healthy, but this is a team that has struggled against the pass so far this season. So maybe that extra two weeks of buildup plus facing a team like the Eagles just creates a scenario for a better debut for Harry than it would be going on the road against the Ravens. When do we see Isaiah win? Uh, I think week 12. I mean, he's been practicing, so I think that, you know, he's ramping up to play and, and the, the biggest question with him is whether or not he can stay healthy when he's back on the field. Uh, obviously the Patriots are certainly hoping that he can, but I think that he'll add an immediate boost to the offensive line when he can come back. I think he's a significantly better player than Marshall Newhouse, but I, you just have to wonder how long he's actually going to be on the field because he's only played what was it, like one or two NFL games, and, right. and he got injured in his rookie season, and it, it just hasn't been a great start to his career so far. Well, he was injured in the opener, right, against the Steelers? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out the timeline on that. I guess that was when that, he got injured, right? Right, yeah. and, it, and he did not play his rookie year, correct? Nope, didn't play his rookie year. So he's yeah, only he, played one game. Um, Actually, you know what? He got injured... Early in the game against Miami, I thought it was. Oh, okay. I thought it was week two. Well, then so he, he played throughout the Steelers game, but then he got injured against Miami there. Yeah, so so basically one and a half games for for Isaiah Wynn so far. What are you working on, and uh, how was the um, locker room on Monday? Uh locker room was good. Mohamed Sanu talked. I think that you know we we talked about the Patriots' offense. I think that he will be a significant boost for the Patriots' offense. Uh, moving forward in the second half of the season, it seemed like he had great chemistry with Tom Brady in, you know, in his first two games here with the Patriots. And, um, back on the offense, just a, another point on Nikhil Harry. I think that, you know, when he does actually make his, his debut with the Patriots, and once he starts to get up to speed a little bit, I do think that he could provi- provide a boost to the Patriots offense because you look at Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu, both those guys are slot receivers slash Z receivers. They, they aren't your prototypical X receivers. I think Sanu potentially could play the X role, but he never really has because he's been playing with AJ Green and Julio Jones for his entire career. So that's essentially been forcing Philip Dorsett, who's an undersized player, to be the Patriots X receiver, which is definitely not his best role. So I think that if Nikhil Harry can get up to speed, if he can get acclimated in the offense, he would be the Patriots' X receiver, and then Philip Dorsett would be reduced back down to the number four role. But I think that that would be the Patriots' best receiving core moving forward to be Edelman, Sanu, and Harry. It's just about whether that rookie can get up to speed fast enough. Sanu is certainly a grunk returning to the NFL fan. 
<laughs> yeah, he said, uh, I forgot what the exact quote I was. I have it. I'll, I'll help you out here, Doug, yeah. reading your own Twitter feed. If he does, <laughs> I would love it. Just got to go about it day to day and just do my part. Come, man, come. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely seemed excited about it. And then someone asked Matthew Slater if we'd see Gronk around here again. And he said, yeah, I'm sure we'll see his face at some point. But he wouldn't really get into the, the whole scenario of, of if Gronk can come back or not. But I don't know. I mean, I know it'll be a storyline over these next two weeks. I, I I do find it kind of funny that those Patriots storylines always seem to pop up on Sunday mornings uh, before games. Rappaport and Jeff yeah. always have something. And, you know, the latest one on, on Gronk was was something that Robert Kraft was saying to him over the offseason. And there's there's been reports on, on Brady and there was reports on, on Antonio Brown. I just don't think that we we should look too heavily into agree. those Sunday morning reports because or, or the Monday night report uh, of right. that Adam Schefter had on Brady, you know, selling his house, and it, there was really no news there. It was just kind of reminding everybody that you know Brady is moving to Connecticut for what I believe to be okay. I have no inside information per se, just a, a lifestyle situation uh, for Giselle. Yeah, I mean, and plus, I mean, uh, Tom Brady's oldest son lives in New York, so it probably does make much more sense to be close to New right. York. And I mean, Brady's nearing retirement anyway, so should probably get out ahead of selling your house, buying a new one, doing all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that yeah, there there's certainly an element of you're looking for a big story on either a Sunday night or before a Monday night game. And I think that that's been a lot of these these Patriots reports this season. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. That's his last game. He retires. It's, it's tough to beat. It's tough to beat seven. Um, the the only last thing that he would have going for him is to to try to win three Super Bowls in a row, which is something that, that no one's ever done. But right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if he can... If you can, can uh, yeah, get get the excitement up for that. But I mean, seven Super Bowls—that that seems like a record that would never be broken. Uh, you make a good point about trying to win three straight, but I don't know. I, I just think that he is reaching the point where if he can win this one, um, he will have done everything. And I think he would just like to take a deep breath and and relax and. I don't think he's playing till he's 45. I just don't. Yeah, and I mean, the, the entire thing about him going somewhere else, I'm not sure if I'm buying that either. I mean, the the Los Angeles thing with the Chargers is is interesting. I think that, you know, promoting his brand in Los Angeles would probably do him some good. But, I mean, if the, if the Chargers do well enough this season, then I can't really see them firing Anthony Lynn. And I can't – I'm not sure if Tom Brady is – going to be super eager to play for Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. So I, I don't know. I, I I do still think the, the biggest possibilities are him to either retire or come, to, come back to the Patriots. Uh, I would be extremely surprised if he played for another franchise starting next season. I'm going to see you in Philly, right? Absolutely. I'll be there. I'm going to look forward to seeing you and the whole Nesson crew. I assume Zach will be making the trip as well. Zach will be there as well, absolutely, as always, for and sure. And you'll see me and Evan for sure. I believe Sierra's on that trip, so. Oh wow. And well, uh, it'll be Team CLNS down in Philadelphia. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our great guest, Doug Kide of Nesson.com. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Kide, all one word, D-O-U-G-K-Y 
ed and also follow his great work on nesson.com want to thank our terrific sponsor betonline.ag for producer michael Angi and the founder of the network nick gelso this is mike petralia and this has been the patriot speed podcast powered by clns media Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.